Christmas Eve, and it is good to see everyone. Um, so about four or five months ago, at 3 a.m., yeah, 3 or 4 a.m., somewhere around there on Sunday morning, I heard this disturbing noise that sounded a little bit like this. Now, what you have to understand about the people who live in my house, my family, they can all sleep through a Mack truck driving through the center of our house, and they would never hear a thing. I, unfortunately, am not gifted like that. I hear everything and immediately begin to make up stories about everything that I am hearing that goes bump in the night. So I'm thinking this a minute in, and then I hear it again, boop. And I'm like, oh, that cannot be happening right now. You see, I have learned that because people have told me this. When daylight savings times happens or when we revert back to the old way or whatever, however that goes, you change the batteries in your smoke detectors, right? Because I don't like that little boop noise that goes off at 3 o'clock. You see, this is the joy of being a pastor because the only time the smoke detector's batteries ever fail is somewhere between midnight and 4 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Never, ever, I can, and this is historically true and accurate, does that happen? So I hear this noise. Now, what you also need to know about me hearing this noise is that we are the proud owners of two of the most neurotic little dogs that you have ever seen in your entire life. These dogs decided about a year ago, I mean, they're old, and they decided about a year or a year and a half ago that sleeping in the laundry room really didn't cut it, and they needed to move upstairs into the master bedroom. What you also need to understand about these older neurotic dogs is they hate this noise. Boop. So immediately I hear this and I start to think, this cannot be happening. So then the search begins, right, for where is the offending smoke detector? We have a two-story house. So I immediately go downstairs, listen, hear it beeping, and realize, oh, it's upstairs, now, the problem with upstairs is that our master bedroom, we have these vaulted ceilings. Now, they're not quite as high as this, <laughs> but they are rather high, around 13. I actually measured them because I wanted to make sure I got this story right. Between 13 and 14 feet high from the ground, okay? Now, this is not the first time the smoke detector has gone off in our house upstairs, so I have learned some things. Like outside of our deck, on the other side of the wall, I have one of these, a nine-foot ladder. So when the smoke detector goes off and the dogs start spacing out and racing around, I open up the sliding glass door, I walk out onto the deck, and I hoist the nine-foot ladder over the deck at 3 o'clock in the morning and walk back in to the master bedroom. I turn on the light, I put the ladder where it needs to be, and my wife at this point wakes up and asks, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just climbing a ladder at 3 o'clock Sunday morning. What else would I be doing on a Sunday morning? And so I get up, and I unplug the offending smoke detector, and I take it outside as far as I can possibly take it so the dogs don't hear it. And then when I wake up the next morning, I realize that when my wife woke up, not only did she ask me what she was doing, she also took a picture of me because she had time to reach over and grab her iPhone and, and send a text to the kids saying, this is what your dad does at 3 o'clock on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Any of you ever had this experience in your life? 
without the picture probably, right? But we all know what it is to end up having to climb a ladder. We keep, we have like four ladders at our house and I swear two of them aren't even ours. I don't even know where they came from. We just inherited them with the house. But we have ladders so that we can fix things, so that we can reach things, so that we can climb up them and deal with whatever the issue is that is presenting itself. And I suspect some of you, probably over the last three or four weeks, did your share of climbing ladders, right, to get ready for Christmas. But the beauty of Christmas is this. We don't have to climb a ladder to reach God. The wonder of Christmas is this, is God says, look, I'm going to fix things for you by coming down to you. He begins that story by sending an angel to Zechariah, to Mary, to Joseph. The angels descend from the heavens to say, a child is going to be born. There'll be one who will be the herald, who will lead the way, John the Baptist, for the one who is the Messiah, who will come and save us. And then on that evening that we celebrate tonight, these angels descended to the lowly shepherds and began to sing a song that God had shown up. So listen now. For God's word, as we hear it in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior, has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So in the book of Genesis, we get to Genesis chapter 11, we read about a group of people who decided that they wanted to make a great name for themselves. And they wanted to build a tower that would reach to the heavens, that would reach to the gods, And we know that story is the Tower of Babel, trying to get to God. But as I said, the story of Scripture is about God coming to us. 
There's another story in Genesis that speaks of a ladder or a tower or a set of stairs. And it involves this guy named Jacob. Now, you may remember Jacob. He was the twin brother of Esau. And Jacob was kind of a snake, right? He, he was kind of conniving and he cheated. You know, he'd like, he sold, he, he'd like, Esau was hungry and he comes in from the field and Jacob's got this nice pot of stew, right? And, and, and Esau's like, man, I am starving. And Esau's, and Jacob's like, well, hey, I'll tell you what, you give me your birthright, I'll give you this pot of stew. Seems like a fair trade to me, right? Esau was hungry. He's like, who needs a birthright? Give me the pot of stew. And then Jacob steals the blessing from Esau. Like he dresses up like his brother and Isaac can't see and Isaac blesses Jacob instead of Esau because Esau was the firstborn and he deserves the blessing. And Jacob realizes what he has done. His mother says, you better run as fast as you can from Esau because he is coming after you. And Jacob flees and he has nothing. And so we pick up this story in Genesis chapter 28 at verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. And you may want to know, how do I know that Jacob had nothing? Because of this very next verse. verse. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Who willingly sleeps on a stone? Well, I guess the judging the crowd, a lot of y'all are willing to sleep on a stone. I would rather sleep on dirt. He has nothing. The author of Genesis is trying to get across this point. He has no garment. He has no sweater. He has no jacket. He goes to sleep on a stone because literally he is alone. He is running. He has nothing. Verse 12, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. And then these words, I am with you. And we'll watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. You see, up to this point, Jacob had only heard about God. His grandfather, Abraham, had had an experience with the living God. His father, Isaac, had had an experience with the living God. But for Jacob, all it was was a story. He knew a lot about God, but he did not know God. And so how does God work? And and I'm fascinated by the way in which God works. It's through a dream. Because Jacob was so hard-headed and so stubborn and so set in his ways that God realized that sometimes the only way he could break through is in a dream. And so Jacob's sitting there sleeping on a rock. And all of a sudden he has this vision of stairs coming down from heaven, of those steps like on a ladder, and angels ascending and descending, and then God speaking to him. 
and saying, I am with you. I will travel with you. I will never leave you alone. And some of us tonight need to be reminded of that. Some of us tonight are running. You're no different than Jacob. You've felt as though you have left others behind. You have betrayed others. You have broken promises, whatever it might be. And you're running and running and running and running. And God's saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. And God's trying to get your attention and to show you that this night is a reminder that he has made the journey down for you. You don't have to keep trying to climb the ladder. You don't have to try and reach God because God says, in the form of my son, Jesus, I have come down to give you life and to give you hope. I will be with you. I will watch over you. I love how the Apostle Paul describes this in the book of Philippians. And he does it in in two different ways. He talks about Jesus coming down for us, and then he talks about the exalted Christ. This is verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2. In your relationships, the Apostle Paul says, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And what was that mindset? Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The Apostle Paul, I mean, he doesn't say this, Specifically, He doesn't address it directly. But Jesus leaves the very throne room of God. I mean, can you imagine what that is like? Sitting on the right-hand side of the Father. And he leaves all of that to come and live amongst us. To be born in an out-of-the-way place called Bethlehem. Not in Jerusalem, not in Rome not in some place that everybody knew of, but simply out in the middle of nowhere, he humbled himself, becoming like one of us. He descends the steps. But Paul's not done because Paul then begins this great crescendo. Therefore God exalted him, in verse 9, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Christ has come down that he might go back up. He has come for us, and one day he will return for us. But the apostle Paul says because of what Jesus Christ has done, Christ is now exalted. He is lifted up. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords because he has descended and now ascended for you and me. The angels show up singing glory to God in the highest heaven. The glory of the Lord literally shining around them, announcing 
that God has come for us. So it's interesting to me that there is another image of this ascension and descension, the ascending and the descending of our Savior in a very strange book that I would not expect to find it in, and that is in the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs are these pithy sayings of, you know, wisdom, and I'm starting a new sermon series on wisdom in a couple weeks, and so I've been reading through the Proverbs and that. But you get to Proverbs chapter 30, and there's a guy named Agur, A-G-U-R, who takes a collection of these random sayings, and they become Proverbs 30. And I love the way Proverbs 30 starts out, and I suspect some of us here tonight will understand this. He starts by saying, I am weary God. I'm weary God. And then he continues on and says, but I know I can prevail because I... God, you're with me, but I am still weary. But listen to verse four. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the wind? Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is the name of his son? Surely you know. Here at almost the very end of Proverbs, these sayings of wisdom, this random guy named Agur, who we know nothing about, speaks of the one who will ascend and descend and says, what is his name? And what is the name of his son? And what the angels announce and what the angels pronounce on that Christmas Eve is the name of the Son. They come to the shepherds and say, there is one who is born who will save the world. Glory to God in the highest. And my friends, this is no dream. So maybe it's time to stop running. Maybe it's time to rest in God's presence. Maybe it's time to stop climbing the wrong ladder and instead see the ladder that has come down for you, the steps that God has made to be in relationship with you. Maybe it is time to join the shepherds and make our way to the manger and see what God has done. Pray with me, please. God, the shepherds had this incredible experience of the angels appearing. And Lord, when the angels show up, they are your heralds. They, 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 they always start by saying, fear not. But Lord, we fear that which we don't fully understand. But God, then they give this reassuring message that you are with us. So God, help us to make our way. Help us to see that you have come down for us, that you might lift us up. Help us to see that Jesus Christ came down for our sake, that he humbled himself, became one like us, so that, Lord, you might exalt him and lift him up. And, Lord, that we might have life and have life abundant. Lord, draw us close to the manger of Jesus, that we might behold his glory and grace. We ask this all in his holy name. Amen.